0: Hey, this is Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 97, How Creative Went from Fighting Fires to Running a Successful Design Agency with Sasha Kill. I am so pumped to be here today sharing this incredible interview with my friend Sasha, We've known each other for the past four years or so, and she always inspires me. But today, she's doing it in an even bigger way. I'm hearing parts of her story for the first time and sharing them with all of you. She has a fascinating background as a wildfire firefighter. That's a mouthful. And she talks all about leaving her small town to fight fires and eventually move forward towards becoming a business owner. She has a successful design agency where she helps develop brands, increase the uh, amount of clients coming to people's websites and purchasing from them. And honestly, she is such a talent and gift to this world. This episode is truly going to inspire you to take action and to do things that are outside of the norm on behalf of what your heart is telling you is meant for you. So let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by the I Heart My Life Membership. We've designed this membership with you in mind, the woman who knows she's meant for something big, and yet maybe you don't quite have the budget to invest full speed ahead in one of our bigger programs. That's okay. We all have to start somewhere. It's so important to surround yourself with the right community, the right mentors, and the right material that are going to help you reach your goals. So we've designed this membership to be that one-stop shop for everything you need in terms of mindset and business success. Every single month, you're going to receive a new training on mindset, as well as another training on strategy. Plus, you're going to get access to two Q&A calls on both of those topics. All of this is going to happen in a private Facebook group, where you're going to meet hundreds of other like-minded, incredible women who are going for their dreams So we've also added in an additional resource bank so that you get all of the previous coaching calls and all the previous materials right at your fingertips, right when you sign up today. This program is open for a limited amount of time. So you're going to want to get in. The price is as good as it's ever going to be. It's a small fraction of what we could potentially charge for this, if I'm being completely honest. So you're going to want to take advantage of this incredible opportunity and join our membership and if you don't like the membership, if it ends up not being the right fit, you can cancel and you won't be charged again. So go to iHeartMyLife.com and check out the iHeartMyLife membership. <laughs> Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Sasha. I'm super excited to have this time with you. And in particular, I'm excited to hear more about your story because although we've known each other for going on five or six years now, I don't know all of the behind the scenes of your story. So we're going to go a bit deeper today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to share.
0: Awesome. So obviously, you work with people on their brands and web design and that whole world. And I'm curious to know about the story behind your success. So how did all of that start? Take us back.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, man, it's definitely a whirlwind journey. So I'll kind of scratch the surface. And if you want to go deeper, we can. i um, kind of going going way back as you know, as a child, and in my youth, I was definitely that kid that was really adventurous. And I always loved to figure things out. I was always that kid that was asking all the why questions, which I guess in my early childhood definitely came across as more innocent and sweet. Like, why is the sky blue? But as I grew up, the those why questions definitely became more challenging. So like, why do I have to be home at 10 PM? Or why do I uh, have to go to school today? Or like, whatever that was. And I think having that wild, adventurous, and challenging attitude absolutely like dubbed me as this rebel in my youth. And I think that of course, like now in my brand, I embrace the rebel spirit. But I think for a long time that was a it was really a, a label and a, a limiting belief that I um I carried with me and allowed to kind of pull me back a bit. So I always kind of felt like I'm not going to go anywhere in life or become anything because of kind of things that I would hear from this um, challenging uh, you know, authority or whatever it looked like. It actually reminds me of, um, you love Brandon Bouchard. I do too. He, I heard him say recently, don't apologize for your ambition. And I don't think it was until uh, like a few months ago that I heard that. And I was like, wow, that really makes me think about that time in my youth when I was kind of pressing for more answers and realizing that it wasn't a bad thing. And especially now in the work that I do, it's absolutely a great thing.
0: And so back, to, back then, I mean, are you talking about when you were a teenager? Was it that you were yeah. pushing the boundaries with your parents or what was actually going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely, I was, I was... I, I definitely had a creative spirit <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was uh, very social. I was really into um, hanging out with my friends and doing um, doing what I wanted to do a lot of time. I just loved adventure. I love to just get in the car and drive somewhere with my friends or um, I don't know. I was always not into mischief, but I was always doing things that um, my friends weren't doing, just going hiking or uh, just I don't know, just kind of exploring different, a different world.
0: And were you told that you weren't going to amount to much or what was the the language that people were using when it came to your future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think again, you know, in those, those sweet younger years when I would ask questions and, you know, be it, you know, kind of push the boundaries a little bit, it was, it was really seen as this like really, um, you know very sweet characteristic, and then, as I grew up and kept uh challenged or you know kept doing the same things um it became uh, you know seen as me challenging authority so that was my parents that was teachers authority figures for sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that.
0: I know that a lot of creatives have that experience where it's like the normal way of doing things. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't resonate. It doesn't excite you. And so you're, you're, you are pushing those boundaries and you're questioning things. And James, my husband, he's very creative and he's an artist as well. And he uh, always shares the fact that he would ask certain questions of his parents, like, why are things done this way? And he'd be mm-hmm. met with, with, with the response of, well, that's just how you do it. Yeah. And he couldn't like understand <laughs> how to make sense of that because it didn't make sense in his mind. So I hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I from a very young age, like probably middle school, just really started looking at the, my, I, I came from a really small town in central Washington. And I always felt like, uh, I don't know, I just felt like people were living these, it, to, in my opinion, these kind of mediocre lives. And I was like, why don't they want more? Why don't they want to do more? Why don't they want to be more? Why don't they want to travel more? Um, why don't they want to explore more? And it, really, it, it was really confusing to me. And then because I had that attitude I, and people looked at me as a rebel, I just really was confused
0: Yeah. And so then you obviously move forward to do what you do now. But what Mm -hmm. happened? Did you go to college? Like, what does your path look like after high school when you were pushing those boundaries?
1: Yeah, so I was I was out as soon as I graduated. I was like, I need to go explore this bigger world. So I left my town, um, went to college about three hours away. And to be honest, I just went to college to get out of town. I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet. Um, I like I said, I was always kind of a creative. And so I went to school, I took a lot of classes, a lot of them were art classes. Um, and I decided that I was going to pursue an industrial design degree, which is I really loved skiing and snowboarding at the time. So my ideal job was going to be to create uh, goods for like Burton or some really amazing ski company. Um, and Along the way, I, um, of course, like met a bunch of people. Expl- like, I college was, I'm sure j- for you it was as well. It was just an adventure, all in all. And so, I, um, as a struggling college student, I knew that I needed to make some money to, you know, keep, um, what would you say, just live the life that I wanted to at school. And so I applied for some summer jobs. And one of the jobs that I applied for was a wildland firefighting position. And I totally didn't think I would get it, but I did. And it totally took me on this, uh, this different path. So I, I ended up leaving school and Oh, I, so I fought fire that summer. I went back to school for another term and then I left school to fight fire again. And I just found this love uh, of like just this being outside. So being a wildland firefighter, our day-to-day job is really hiking around in the woods um, uh, looking for... uh, You know, just doing trail maintenance, everything like that. And then, of course, when there is a fire, um, going to the fire, um, digging line around the fire. And it just is the crew that you're around. There's such an amazing camaraderie being outside, um, traveling. Like there were so many different pieces of that job that I just loved. And it just fit my personality so well that I ended up leaving school. And um, I decided that I would kind of make this my new career path. So I ended up in the fire world for um almost 9 years. So I was on some hand crews and then some hotshot crews and then um when I ended up leaving fire I was on uh, so a wild um land um uh, rappel crew. So we would uh rappel out of helicopters into remote wildland fires typically started by lightning and small crews uh out in the woods with maybe, you know, one, two, three other people um, putting out these little lightning fires and it, it was, it was an awesome job. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. And that's amazing. All right. And you
0: said, you know, that that college was adventurous for you. It definitely was not for me because I barely went to any parties. All I did was study. And so I'm like feeling so immersed in this story because it's definitely the, the complete opposite of, of what I experienced. And I wish that I could go back and be a bit more adventurous. So I absolutely love that. So you you followed your heart, signed up for or applied for this job, got the job, ended up doing it for nine years. I'm curious to know, what did your friends and family think during that time?
1: Oh, they, they they didn't know what I was doing. I mean, again, when I left for, for college, they already, I think kind of had a question mark over their head. Like, what is she doing? Um, And I mean, to be honest, I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. And so I just, I mean, I was just kind of trying to figure, find my way. And Um, They were kind of just watching from the sidelines, and I'm sure a lot of them were kind of shaking their heads. But I think after, you know, four or five years in fire, uh, they realized that this was going to be like my career and embraced it. And what was it about that that you loved? About the fire world? Yeah. Yeah um it's just the adventure of it all the adrenaline the uh l- the camaraderie of the entire like the crew was super tight they became like my second family i was with them day in day out um and just it was really challenging it was that piece, you know going back to like my youth i i always loved a challenge i loved to figure things out and so it was this whole new world that um i i had to learn Wow. So what happened after that? So uh, I thought that I was going to be in fire forever. Um, And then I had a child. (laughs) Um, So the firefighter fire fire world um, wildland fire, you're gone at least six months out of the year um, during um, the, the fire season. And as soon as I, got pregnant, I realized that there's no way that I could be gone for 6 months or, you know, of course you get 2 days off every once in a while for R&R, but I just couldn't be away from my baby that long. So, I decided to take a couple years off to try to figure out what I wanted to do and maybe go back to fire after that. But um in the interim, I um I was home with the baby trying to f- figure things out. Uh, I got really depressed because I'm I loved being a mom. I have three babies now, and I absolutely love being a mom. Um, but it was really hard for me because I felt like I had more to give, and I felt like there was definitely more to my story than uh, you know taking care of my babes all day and doing laundry for the 18th time, and you know the dishes and all of that stuff. So I, I really struggled for those first couple of years trying to find kind of my new identity and. Uh, I just in an attempt to try to find myself, I started doing more arts and crafts and being more creative. So I started really painting more and doing all the design stuff that I used to love back when I was in school.
0: And so how did that lead you to start your business?
1: I started dabbling with painting and crafting and just being creative. And I, um, I, I loved it so much that I was telling my husband that I really just wanted to find a, a, just a side job, a design job. And so I ended up getting a, a marketing job, a small marketing job for a local company to do flyers. And, um, at the time, you know, uh, the internet was just starting to be a place where businesses would advertise. So I started dabbling with ads and stuff like that. I'd never done that before. Again, it was really fun and challenging for me. But um, that was kind of my first taste of what the design world looked like, I guess, in real life, like outside of school. And in that marketing job, were you doing web design or something else? Yeah, I definitely dabbled in it. Um, I was kind of, it was a very small company. So it was kind of one of those things where you would wear all the hats and they you would, they wanted you to do all that you wanted to do. Anything you could do, just do it. Because um, they didn't want to hire or outsource all the people. They wanted to have somebody inside that could kind of do it all. So it was a really cool environment for me because I really got to not only practice what I did know, but then also really develop new skills and learn new things.
0: And I'm curious to know, I'm always I'm always curious about this, this story element of people's journeys. So how did you actually find that company? How did
1: it come on your radar? Or how did they find you? So this is actually a funny story. So in attempt to feel better, after I had my child, I joined a local gym. And um, coming coming uh, after leaving fire and really what the loss there for me, um, like I said, the camaraderie and that crew became my family. So I was really missing family or like people and that interaction. And so after I had um, my first child, I went to the gym and I started getting in shape. And um, I also started talking to a lot of the front desk staff at the gym. And I started talking to the, um, instruct the, the class instructors and the personal trainers. And I, uh, became really good friends with a lot of them because I was there so much. And so the, that is actually where the marketing job was listed. And I, I'm, I'm sure that I got it only because I was there every day and talking to all the people there anyways.
0: I knew there was a story there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's so important to to point out because I think after interviewing so many people on this show, it's obvious to me even more so that our heart guides us in certain directions. Mm -hmm. And so often we put up these barriers or these blocks and we don't actually follow our desires. So whether it's Mm -hmm. following your desire to fight fires, which probably, you know, no one in your your life previous to that had done before Mm -hmm. um, and seemed a bit outlandish. And then just allowing yourself to um, observe the fact that you missed people, you missed that connection and finding a way to uh, satisfy that desire and that leading to doors opening. So I love that. So you're in this marketing job and they're giving you all the tasks, all the things to do. So take us back to the story. What happened after that?
1: Yeah, so i I became busier and busier, and my my boss at the time um, really loved the work that I was doing, and he is like I, I feel like he was one of my my first fans, and so he um, he started uh, uh, referring people to me, so I'm working for him, and then he would go to the say chiropractor. And then all of a sudden I'd get a call from his chiropractor and they'd be like I need, we need a new logo or a website or whatever it is. And then he'd, you know, go visit a friend that's in another industry and they'd call me and they'd need some type of design work. And it was really cool because he he really pushed a lot of people my way. Um but I then got so busy with all these other little side jobs that I was like, you know what? I could actually make this my own business. And so I ended up um leaving my marketing job. Um, he's, I still talk to him. He's amazing. He totally supports me in my business. Um, and he actually, of course helped me start my business. Um, but, um, from there I just continued to grow and, and evolve.
0: So was he sending you clients outside of his company? Like he yes. wasn't taking a cut. It was just going right to you.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, and I, I, if he was taking a cut, I'm unaware of it. He was just a really amazing person that um, just wanted to support me and uh, saw, you know, some of my talent and wanted to be able to, um, you know, be able to help me along the way. Love that.
0: And so how long, I know a lot of people on the show, they have their own business, and then they obviously uh, move forward and do their own thing. So how long did it take for you to leave that job and have a full roster of clients in your company?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Because this was this didn't happen quickly. This was over a number of years. So I worked there for, um, I'm not sure exactly like two to three years, I think. So I was working hard and and doing all the things and learning all the things. And I think for him too, what he saw in me was that, again, I had this eagerness to learn. And I wanted that I loved that challenge of trying to figure out new things. Like I had never done a Facebook ad before. And it was such a new thing. And so I taught it to myself, even even web design, like I knew very basic skills, but I taught myself, I watched classes, I did, I mean, I did I did so much to teach myself and I didn't charge him a penny for it. Um, and I think he saw that drive. And so that's why he was so eager to support me.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So I always believe how you do one thing is how you do everything. And when we show up fully, so much good happens. I remember even Marie Forleo talking about that when she was building her business, she worked at um, at a bar on the side in the evenings, and she would go there and give 100%. And she even started passing out her business card for her, her business and her dreams and got clients that way. And she always talks about being being all in regardless of what you're doing. So I totally believe in that. Yeah, so it took a
1: few. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say too, like what those, those first couple like clients that I had, like I was basically charging nothing. Like I just want I was so eager to grow and to learn that I just wanted the opportunity. So I, I think that that's something to, um, to mention, because I think sometimes people think, Oh, I you know, right out of the gates, I need to charge a premium price or, you know, and I, I think that there's something to that kind of in-between phase when you're, you're growing and learning and you just need projects to kind of test the water and to, to figure out, you know, how you can be even better.
0: Exactly. No, I agree completely. And so you move forward, you got all these projects. Um, He was obviously very supportive. And at what point did you birth that which is Outlaw Creative?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I was doing these side projects for a couple months and... Or actually probably like six, six months or more. And I became so busy that it was it was then kind of a full-time job. So I was working part-time in this marketing position. And then I was also now working part-time on my side hustle, which was creating my own business. And I realized that I could be really making a lot more money. And really, um, what interested me most is, of course, having a marketing job for a company, you're working with the same sort of deliverables. And so I loved the idea of kind of getting like outside of that box, like was in this box of like, this is what I did every day. And this is what I worked with. And I love the idea of working with all sorts of different companies and creatives and brands. And so um, I, I just, I really felt this, if it was between both of them, I felt really called to doing my own thing and, you know, starting, starting my own journey. Yeah. And so how did that look? How did you do it? So I ended up um, getting I just I could I, honestly I took the leap. I just did. I um, I I knew that I had some projects on the books. At that point I think I was booked out uh, at least 2 months, maybe 3 months with work that would keep me busy. At that point I had never ever marketed myself for my business. This was all basically referrals um, and word of mouth. And so I I knew that if I just took the leap and put myself out there that I had a really good chance of making it happen. In what year was this? Um, this was eight or nine years ago, nine years ago. Okay. So maybe yeah. like 2011. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I made this is actually, I left out a very important piece. So I was working, um, doing marketing for this company. I was taking side jobs and I really wanted to, um, kind of branch out and do my own thing, work with these different companies and have um, a different range of projects on my desk. And in that process, I was thinking I should go to business school or I should have some type of formal training because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was just, you know someone would call me up, say that they needed something and I would work on it. but I actually didn't have a system or any type of business plan or anything like that. And so I started looking on the internet, of course, because we all Google things. And so I was Googling Mm. up like how to start a business. um, And I landed on Marie Forleo's website. At the time it was uh, RHHB School. I know that you know B School. Yeah, rich, happy, hot. Right, absolutely. (laughs) And I think it was Marie's second, I think it was her second year of running the program. And I, of course, immediately was drawn to it because of course the, the camaraderie they had. Not only was the group uh, full of creative entrepreneurs, but women, female entrepreneurs. And so that w- really excited me. Um, and then she was just walking you through everything you needed to really set up a successful online business, which is what I was trying to do. So I um uh, without even telling my husband, I enrolled in B school. I on my credit card, I took it out. Like I I don't even know how long I was on the website before I purchased it. Not long. Like I immediately like read through it. it, was like, yep, this is it. I'm doing it. Um, talk about following your heart. Like I just knew that this was something I needed to do. So I enrolled in B school and I feel like that is when everything really took off for me. So I enrolled in B-School and more than just the tools and the systems that Marie shares in that in B-School, I really just started like the confidence was big for me. I just needed the confidence to be able to say like, okay, yep, I'm going to figure this out. And having that group of women that you could kind of ask questions and, um, talk to about, you know, is this working for you or I'm struggling with this, what would you do? It was really really helpful for me. And so kind of in that um in between of trying to get my business going, I ended up forming relationships with a lot of different women in B school and they became some of my first clients. Amazing. So that's what I was going to ask. So mm-hmm. did
0: Hillary Rushford come from that group?
1: Yes, absolutely. So mm-hmm. um and and Hillary and I um uh, she was in that group and she asked a question. She was um, so if, if you guys know Hillary, I'm sure your audience probably is familiar with Hillary Rushford, but she has Dean street society. She started as a stylist and now she's more of a, um, a, a like entrepreneurial coach. Um, and so she, um, she had just started her business a similar time that I started mine and she had hired someone to build her website and that person totally flaked on her, just disappeared. And so she frantically wrote in the B-School group that I was the forum that I was in. And she said, like, I need someone to help me. Uh, I don't know what to do. And I was like, hand up. I got you. Um, And so I kind of jumped in, helped her figure everything out and really built this relationship that has lasted since then.
0: Amazing. And I bring that up because one of the reasons why I found you was because of Hillary. And I remember seeing her website and thinking it was so beautiful. It's exactly what I was looking for. And at the beginning of my business, James built my first website on something called Adobe Muse, which was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you had to actually have your physical computer there to be able to make any edits. It wasn't online. And... Um, then we quickly realized this wasn't going to cut it, and I got a professional photo shoot, and then moved forward with my own Square pa- SquareSpace site that I set up, and then eventually realized I wanted someone to do it professionally, and so I was searching for weeks to find somebody, and then just decided to look at all the sites that I admired, and definitely Dean Street Society was one of those.
1: I love that. I don't. I don't know if I knew that.
0: Yeah, it was a huge catalyst for us as well. So I'll talk a little bit about my website in just a second. But I want to point out the fact that you said that although Marie's content was amazing, and it was for me as well, I did B-School in 2014. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest components was the camaraderie and the connections and the different referrals that came out of that group for Mm -hmm. you. Sounds like that really propelled you forward in terms Mm -hmm. of getting your name out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I would say to um you know I going back to like my youth I always kind of felt alone a bit like I was definitely the black sheep being a rebel and doing my own thing and challenging uh the status quo and all of that stuff and so finding a group of people of women that were just like me that were also trying to grow their own business and take that leap. And like, I just felt such a connection with them that that is, that was huge for me and just giving me the confidence to know that I wasn't alone and that there was other women out there, powerhouse women out there, um, creating really successful, amazing businesses.
0: Yeah, that confidence piece is so huge because for somebody to raise their hand and respond to a comment and say, I can help you, I can do it, that mm-hmm. takes a lot of guts because there's a lot of people in groups who they just remain quiet and they think, mm-hmm. Oh, she wouldn't want to work with me, or I'm not quite there yet, or I don't want to be too pushy. And so that's really a testament to the confidence that you were feeling in yourself and you know, this desire to get yourself out there, which is huge.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: So like I said, around 2014, I launched, um, James and I launched our website, and then I relaunched it on Squarespace in May 2014. And I think it was in early 2015 that I discovered you and asked you if you would help us to actually refine what it was that we were Mm -hmm. doing. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I had just grown big enough to have my own office space outside of my house. And I think you were, yeah, definitely during that time was about three years after I started everything. Amazing.
0: Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that because I feel like it really um, not only put us on the map and elevated the brand, but that confidence piece was huge for me as well. I wanted people to land on a website that was beautiful and refined and and portrayed what I wanted the brand to portray right from the Mm get-go. And so can you talk a little bit about what's happened since then? I know we're going deeper with your story than you probably wanted to, but I think it's really interesting for people to see the evolution between between say 2015 and 2020 yeah. when we're recording this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, just going back to what you just said, like that um, that confidence piece, uh, I, what I love so much about what I do in building brands is that I get to work with these creative entrepreneurs that were just like me where they have, like I get to talk to them and I see how amazing they are. I see how incredible their product service is. And they... they they see it, but it's like they don't quite believe it yet, and so I get to work with them and basically paint the picture. I get to bring it all to life, and I, I think it just it gives me chills every time I talk about it because it's so exciting for me to be able to give them this amazing, like it's a it's just a piece of confidence, like this foundational piece of confidence that they look at their website, they look at their branding, and they're like, oh. I am legit. This is amazing. I can do this and I I love that I get to provide that for them. And so in my in my journey working with them and building up their confidence, I've always I've kind of like uh of course like I I build this these things this these brand elements for them and I'm kind of quietly working behind the scenes and I've been doing that for years just behind the scenes building up other brands um of course very excited about the success i see there but at a certain point i i kind of was just reflecting back and looking at my own business so i think a lot of us get stuck working of course in our business and not on our business and that's absolutely where i was i was working in my business i was hustling hard for my clients every day um celebrating their successes but when i when i looked at my business and my what I really wanted, my big vision for my business, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I am putting all my time, my energy and effort into their dreams and not my own. And so I came to this point where I had to really kind of define again what my vision was and commit to myself to working towards that. So not only packing out my schedule with project after project after project, even though they all my projects really excite me. I had to really carve out time to say like, okay, this is important. I want to build my business and I need to carve out time for myself as well.
0: And so what did that look like?
1: Um, So over the last number of years, I've really kind of just been transitioning a bit. So when I, my big vision is to Uh, really empower creative female entrepreneurs. And not just by building them brands and websites, but also to share with them the tools and the resources that I've learned along the way, sometimes the hard way. Um, And so I really wanted to kind of redefine my offerings. I still wanted to offer design services, but I also wanted to um, start teaching more Start really talking about what I've been through, the tools I've learned, the systems that have been working for me, et cetera. So I um, outlined this plan, um, this strategy of releasing more uh, master classes and mini courses and really digestible content that could help my clients, whether they're just starting out or whether you know they're five years into their business, could help them kind of get to the next level.
0: That's amazing. And again, you're following your heart and being true to what feels exciting to you and feels adventurous. And I love the theme of challenge in our conversation today as well, because I think so often we do get complacent and we continue to do the things that are working. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like you really thrive on novelty and challenge And I just love that because I think myself included, sometimes we resist challenge Mm -hmm. and we look at it as a roadblock or maybe we're not headed in the right direction or maybe things are going to be too difficult, but I love your perspective on it.
1: Yeah, I I don't even know when this was, but over a year ago, I decided that um, whenever I felt those nervous feelings, those kind of vibrations, that it would be a sign that I was on the right track. And I and so I every time I'd feel nervous, I would embrace it instead. And so that has really led me on this whole new journey, especially in this last year um, to show up more. So that's kind of like my goal is to just show up more and not just be behind my computer working on everybody else's stuff, but come to the forefront And so in an attempt to do that, I've really had to put myself out there. And it's been super uncomfortable. And there's been a lot of fear that has creeped up. But um, again, every time I feel those feelings, I just take it as a sign. as like, yep, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be putting myself out there in this way.
0: Does that reminder help you move through the fear so then you take action? Or is there something Mm -hmm. else you've been doing to move through that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just... I take action really quickly. I can't remember. I, I think it's Mel, is it Mel Robbins that has the yeah, book Mel that, Robbins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like take the whole idea of taking action quickly is so huge because I think that when I sit with a feel like a feeling of fear, I will come up with every single excuse not to do something. But if I just feel it, know that I'm on the right track, embrace it and just do it, then I I I immediately like I it's done. And I don't, I think a lot of times we have something we want to do and we sit with it forever, (laughs) whether it's hours or days or years, we just sit with it thinking, oh, that's such a good idea, but I just can't get over my, my ish, my fear of like putting myself out there. And then once you do get up the courage, if you do to put that thing out there, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that actually wasn't a big deal. So even like talking about doing Instagram lives or little things like that, doing an ad on Facebook or whatever, like it seems like such a big deal until you do it. And then you're like, oh, okay. Just totally. Mm-hmm. And I
0: always tell my clients, like, and what we're referring to, by the way, is Mel Robbins' five second rule, which is yes. taking action within five seconds. Yeah. And I always tell my clients if you're in resistance around something, you're using up energy, energy that you could be using to actually do the thing. Yeah. And like you said, once you do the thing, it's normally not that bad and no one has died. And yeah. so you might <laughs> as well just do it sooner.
1: Yeah. That's totally brilliant. Yeah. I've wasted a lot of energy. Um, and, and yeah, and like I said, just showing up has been like kind of my, my motto um, for this last year. And there's, there's a lot of things that I want to do in my business um, that are terrifying to me, including public speaking. So I've really had a heart to, like I said, really share my journey. And of course, that in- requires me to to put myself out there and to um, you know show up and uh, speak in front of people. So it's been something that I've been challenging myself with this year.
0: Love it, yeah. and so I'm curious to know if you could look back at your teenage self, that girl who was the rebel, the person who was um, really pushing the boundaries, who people didn't really understand. What would you tell her?
1: Um, you know, going back to going back to uh, Brandon Bouchard saying, I just I so love that that don't apologize for your ambition. I love that so much. And I think that also I just tell myself that I'm not alone because I, again, I felt like I was just such a black sheep. Um, Yeah, I, I, I was hard on myself back in the day. So I feel like I definitely would just give myself a boost of confidence.
0: Love it. And I know that you now have three daughters, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, Absolutely. And one of the things I love about you and and what I see, at least from Facebook and following you online, is you are allowing them to be themselves. I know that Mm -hmm. your girls are creative with their hair and the way they dress. And I think you're you're obviously taking what you've learned and passing on a different way of doing life to your children.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. Again, coming from that small town, I feel like there was kind of this unspoken, like there were these rules, right? That everybody followed. And I was always that kid that was breaking the rules. And so now that I have kids, it's really cool to, to give them, to empower them to be able to be themselves. And, um, I remember when I let my, so my oldest daughter, oh shoot, I guess it was probably about three years ago. Now she's been, she was begging me to shave the side of her head. I think it's called like a side shave. And she begged me and begged me and begged me. And I was like, you know what is just hair. If you want to do it, you should do it. And I remember (laughs) her FaceTiming my mom after I let her do it. And my mom about died because it was just something that uh, almost like wasn't allowed when I was younger. It was just not seen as responsible or something. I don't really, you know. It, and so allowing my kids to have the freedom to really express themselves is super important to me.
0: Beautiful. I admire that so much. So I always ask all of our incredible guests here for one way in which they'd advise our audience to create a life better than their dreams. What's thing, one thing you would tell people to do or mm. show up as or say to create a life better than their dreams?
1: Um, well, two things. Um, self-awareness and taking action. So I would just say take action because that's like the biggest thing. Um, But I think that you have to have self-awareness first. You have to really know, uh, have an idea of where to take action and kind of what kind of blocks might get in your way and then take action. I mean, that's like the biggest thing is just to show up and do it.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I know you are offering different things now, workshops, master classes. You still have your design work. I'd imagine that you're booked. Normally, you're booked when I reach out to you. But tell people what it is that you offer now and where they can find you.
1: Yeah. So in um, in an attempt to, of course, share my story, but also to really serve people um, what, at that lower level, like if they're just starting. So our design services now are Are a little bit more premium, so I still wanted to find ways to serve that creative entrepreneur that's just starting out. Um, So we have um, strategy sessions, we have master classes, mini courses, um, all sorts of things that you can kind of dive into, depending on kind of what you're needing in your business right now. And yeah, I'm just I'm really excited to just keep building up my community and delivering more and more content that's helpful to them. So. I'd love for you guys to join me on Instagram, Outlaw Creative or Facebook, Outlaw Creative um, and just say hello. I'd love to hear about your story.
0: And for those people who are looking for something custom, your design work for websites, does that start at 5000 or what is the
1: price? So um, just depending on kind of it's totally dependent on the project. Um, projects start at 5,000, but typically if we're doing full branding and web design, it usually starts at 10,000. Um, but really what sets us apart is the the strategy that we put behind everything. So we are about so much more than deliverables. It's not just a pretty logo or a great website layout. Like We really dive into learning about who your brand is, who your client is, and then really building up the brand from there. So that it, the design that we put into a brand is connecting with your audience.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And I wanted to mention that because I don't think your prices were that amount when we started together in 2015.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't...
0: Yeah, I don't know what they were. But at the same time, it doesn't matter because I just like to highlight people who have been able to... um how do I say it, just consistently raise their prices, raise the level of the brand, consistently build up their packages to offer this beautiful premium service. Because I think so often people stay stuck at the same place. And so Mm -hmm. honestly, I just want to celebrate you because I love when people raise their prices and create these services that are high touch, high level, and just obviously deliver beautiful experiences for these clients who are blessed to work with you.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I just wanted to say too when I started, I was offering like the what I was offering was very simple. And now like I saw I've I've really used client feedback and my experience of just project after project learning what I could have done better to really increase the value of what we offer. And so now like I said, that strategy is just baked into everything we do. It's not. It used to be like an individual piece, and now it's just so important and valuable that it's in. It's it's all wrapped up into one. And so um, I I get so sad when I hear people um, hire someone to help them with their any type of design work, and it misses the mark because they haven't done that deeper work and that strategy work. And so I really pride myself on doing the discovery, getting to know the brand so well that what we create truly reflects them. And of course, converts as well. Thank you, Sasha. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Amazing. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. I know for all the people out there who maybe feel like they want to go in a different direction than what is normal for their family or friends or town, you've given them permission to not only take that action, but to see what's possible when you follow your heart and you put yourself out there and you gain more confidence and you just trust that it's possible for you. I hope you loved today's episode. One of the themes is community and making sure that you're in the right groups so that you can move forward with your message and grow your business. Our I Heart My Life membership is open for registration right now. So go to IHeartMyLife.com to learn more, sign up and be a part of one of the best communities and memberships around for starting and growing your online business and transforming your life. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life now. See you next time.